You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Kegum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always on a Monday by Brian Peroni. Fresh off a of bye week, Brian, how did the uh, how'd the bye week treat you? Oh, you know, I uh, I love watching Texas and football. I love when it's on, but, you know, since it's a job for us, it was sort of nice. Got a chance to watch a lot of other football. Great yeah, game but- between Alabama and Tennessee. You know, I had a chance to watch that whole thing. So that's, that's, that's not usual that we, we were able to do that. It's rare. I, I had a chance to sit down with some friends and watch the the UCLA USC game, which was also a tremendous game. Yeah, and it was a good. It was a good Saturday of football. Yeah, except for the, I, I did watch it with a USC fan, and so not a good Saturday for him. But you know, it was it was a tremendous football game all around. And yeah, you're right. The, the Tennessee Alabama game took the cake in terms of of upsets and or not even enough, just flat out outplayed them on on and and just a tremendous environment there and in Neyland stadium and um, you know, A&M's heading into a tough environment on, on Saturday night as well. South Carolina, we talked about this last week with TARP about, you know, a Saturday night kickoff and against South Carolina, they're coming off a bye as well. This is going to be a tough environment for A&M to walk into. And um, just what do you think heading in about heading into this game and, and, and what the stakes are going to be for A&M on the A&M front. And I've only personally been to South Carolina once it was for, Ah, this is going to date me. It was the first ever game on the SEC network. It was a Thursday night game with the A&M at South Carolina. And th- at that point, they had won a whole bunch of home games in a row. It was seen as incredibly intimidating atmosphere. They played Sandstorm all the time, which I didn't really know what Sandstorm was. And now I can't, anytime I see them, I can't get out of my head. And it's like, but, uh, but it was crazy. I mean, A&M, that was uh, when Kenny Hill got the nickname Kenny Thrill and Looked like he was going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. You know, it it wasn't uh, it really wasn't that intimidating environment at then, but it it can it can for sure get uh, get loud there at uh, Williams Price. Uh, as far as the matchup, I mean, South Carolina has been talked about since before the season about how great they mm-hmm. were going to be because uh, you know they got a QB and in, in Spencer Rattler. He's been he's had his moments, but you know hasn't been incredibly impressive this year. Uh, this is a good chance for AM to get uh, to get in the winning column again in uh, in SEC play. And I mean, they they need this if they want to turn the season around at all, because the next week you've got a top 10 Ole Miss team and you've got OSU later on. So uh, it's it's big for them to get this win. And I think they should now. I mean, I know we're going to talk about this, but, you know, there's questions at, at quarterback and some other places. So, you know. That's going to be interesting to see, but it should be a win for AM. No doubt. And for me, I, I do look at this as, as just a huge opportunity for AM. And, uh, 
you know, it's they haven't been home in, in well over a month, and, and we'll certainly get to that later. Kickoff was set for for those that hadn't seen it. Um, A&M will be back at home on October 29th against Ole Miss. It's a 6.30 kickoff for that, too, a night game at Kyle Field. Um, but looking at this game, this kind of sets the course for me for this for the second half of the year. You mentioned you could probably going to be a top 10 Ole Miss team coming in the next weekend against against A&M to Kyle Field. And, you know, coming off – there's no moral victories, but there was certainly a lot of positive talk about all the, the steps that A&M had taken on offense with guys growing up. If you come out and, and don't play well coming out of the bye week against South Carolina, it kind of take kind of you take two, one step forward and two steps back in terms oh, yeah. of all the progress that you made in that in that Alabama game. So I think this game really sets the statement, especially for A&M, to, to be able to come out on the road and, and handle that as sort of environment. I think it's another chance to to grow up, and I'm I'm with you. I think AM does does end up winning this game as well. But uh, you know, really curious to see how they come out. You mentioned the quarterback position. There was a lot of talk. And most of the the conversation today kind of dominated the press conference for for Jimbo Fisher. And you know, he on a health front did mention that Haynes King is good to go. Mentioned that early on in the press conference and. And was asked about Connor Wigman as well. And, and that's an interesting part for me that in the next six weeks. We've really talked about this. Well, how would you handle this? Do you think we do you, would you have a series or two for him in 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 every game just to kind of get him into get him some experience? Or or what do you feel like is the best way to kind of handle this? I think you gotta get him in there this weekend. There's really not another uh good opportunity. Plus He's the backup now. If he's if he's not the starter, you know, there's I think yeah. there's a chance we see him still come out and start. If he's not the starter, he's the backup, and you can't have a backup with no experience. So you somehow got to get him in against South Carolina because, you know, you don't want to throw him in there for the first time against Ole Miss or some of these other teams. So, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you just have to, and I think you will see, uh, you know, a few series for him at least in most of the games. There's a yeah. chance A and M wants to keep his red shirt, but. In this day and age, you know, if a guy's an NFL guy, which everybody thinks they are, they don't stay around for five years. So, um, so, so I think, yeah, I think we will see him. I mean, he's yet to take a snap. He hasn't been on the field. You know, uh, he's one of the few true freshmen to have not played at all. So, I think, I think we have to see him this weekend, whether it be to start, whether it be you know a couple of series in. You know, if AM, if the offense just takes off under King, well, then you got to think the defense does well and uh mm-hmm. you know could be out of hand but if the offense doesn't take off then then you got to get him in there so both both ways he should have a chance no i i almost think you've got to have and and you can be kind of flexible with this but you've almost got to have like a series like okay in the second quarter if we get a possession we're going to get him a series here and in the third quarter we're going to get one one and kind of try to chart out just to get him experience get him a drive um you can you know you can even can even serve as a chance to talk to Haynes King about things that you're seeing in the game and, and, and kind of go through there. But I think getting Connor Wigman experience has to be important. We talked about this heading into the Alabama game and coming out of the Alabama game and, you know, the way Haynes King played and, and Jimbo Fisher had a lot of praise for the way he played in the Alabama game and, and certainly played well, made a lot of plays, had probably his best game that he's, he's played so far and, and a lot to build off of, um, on that front, but I think you certainly have to get Connor Wigman experience, and also see. I think you also have to have something that fans can kind of latch onto and recruits can latch onto. Yeah. Seeing Connor Wigman play, um, I think that's certainly important as well. On the Haynes King front, sticking with him for a minute too. What 
what do you think he can build off that Alabama game? Do you think it's playing faster, playing freer, or or, or what do you think are the steps that he can kind of take off that Alabama game? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, he he did have to, you know, it, it forced him to grow up a little bit, just like it did uh, yeah. Zach Calzada last year. But King is so much more comfortable outside the pocket than in it. So mm-hmm. instead of what did he learn, I think maybe A&M – learns from that and play calls differently for him. I mean, he's always been that way in high school. He's more comfortable on the run. Yet AM doesn't really uh play call a lot for him to be to be on the run. They don't scramble him or boot boot him out or anything. So I think maybe we start seeing that a little bit because when he did when he was able to do that, when he wasn't just dropping back and trying to read the field. I mean he's a better he reads it better when he's on the run. It's just the case. So I think maybe that's what changes as AM starts doing that a little bit with him. I think the other part about that is it simplifies reads for him. It gives him, instead of having to look across the entire field, it gives him half a field to kind of look at and see if there's a guy open or not or take off and run and use your legs. And we yeah. and we certainly saw him be able to show off that speed at times over the past couple of weeks. I'm with you. And I, and I was going to say, I mean, he, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to obviously protect the ball. The, the turnover right before halftime was, was key. But I think also go up and and the biggest thing I think you learn in that game is go up and give 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 your receivers a chance, give a guy like Evan Stewart a chance to win a jump ball, and get him down the field and and. Oh, I'm still we talked about it last week. I'm still thinking about that Evan Evan Stewart jump ball down the down incredible. the right side. How impressive that was! Incredible, and you know I've seen the replay a couple more times, and it's just it's just incredible watching the you know watching the pulse episode that you that you put out last week, you know, just going back and watching that play again and again, you just, you come out of it thinking, how did he come down with that ball? And and I think the Alabama def- defensive backs were, were thinking the same thing. And I think the other key is A&M's got to be able to get the running game going a little bit more to be, to be able to try to lessen the pressure on, on Haynes King on that front as well. They took strides, you know, Jimbo Fisher talked today about the strides Jim that Camp Dubery's made over the first couple of weeks of the year. I think that was a positive. I think he needs to see much more time moving forward and, and didn't say he was off to a slow start, but said he just kind of was on the natural progression of a freshman. And I think if, if they can get him going in the second half of the year, that could be huge for this offensive line. Oh no, for sure. Um, and yeah, well, you know, we're talking about getting Haynes outside the pocket and you talked about, you know, running. Yeah, you that's basically a head start instead of him having to drop back, you know, mm-hmm. three steps or five steps or whatever. And then all of a sudden take off when he gets pressure. I mean, you've got him. You got to, running is always an option. And that's uh, that's dangerous for for his arsenal. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. And then, you know, with the young offensive line, I'm curious what uh, what Cam Dewberry uh, is able to do. And if. uh you know, if the if left tackle is available, if Zune isn't able to go or struggles, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Dewberry at left tackle. He's, mm-hmm. you know, trained at both spots. So, you know, and he, he played tackle in high school. So, uh, so yeah, there are some different wrinkles we could see going forward on, on the offense. No doubt. It's, it's you know, there wasn't there wasn't a ton of health updates coming out of coming out of Monday's press. Jim, Jim Fisher kind of talked about he couldn't, and which I don't think there should have been an expectation for a ton. That's, yeah. You and I have joked about this before that, that Jimbo Fisher is not going to give a whole lot away in terms of press conferences. And, and that was certainly the case today. Talked about uh, Jordan Spasovich Moko as well, you know, having surgery and kind of mentioned, he doesn't know how long 
how long he'll be out. And if Mocha's already like be, tweeted his that, goodbyes for the season. Like yeah. he's like, all right, it's a great year. Be back next year. And yeah. Yeah. And most still won't say he's out. Like, it's still so yeah. I, I, on an injury front, you know, I think, I think a and going to be able to get some guys back. And, and they talked about how beneficial that bye week that's always the case for a bye week You start to get guys a little bit more healthy and, and try to get them back. But there wasn't a whole lot of clarity about guys coming back and, 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 you know, Jimbo Fisher has always kind of operated that way. So, so not too surprising. We'll have a lot more later in the week with, uh, you know, we'll have a South Carolina expert on to, to kind of preview that South Carolina matchup, but also going to take a look ahead. As I mentioned, the Ole Miss, uh, that, that kickoff got announced and that's going to be a huge recruiting weekend for Texas A&M. And we're going to talk, a little more about um, some other recruiting news um, and that, and look ahead to that Ole Miss weekend coming out after a quick break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined again by Brian Peroni. Brian, looking a little bit at the recruiting front, uh, you know, we obviously talked about this before the season, but it's going to be more than a month, basically a month and a half since A&M is able to host visitors from the Miami game to Ole Miss is basically the the wait that A&M had to go on from September 17th to October 29th. That game with a 6.30 kickoff is going to be what is expected to be a huge recruiting weekend for A&M. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've kind of both heard the feedback when it comes to A&M recruiting that it feels like there isn't a lot of momentum right now and there isn't much of a, you know, there just isn't much for, for fans to really latch on to in terms of recruiting. How much do you think being able to get back on campus might have something to do with that and being able to get these guys back on campus? Because – I, for me, I think that's, that's really what's, what's missing. And it was to be expected coming out of the, coming into the season, we kind of knew that the schedule was going to be kind of backloaded on that front, but do you think it'll have a huge impact or or what do you think it might mean? Uh, I think it'll have an impact for sure. I mean, literally yesterday I was thinking, I was like, man, how come we haven't been putting together visitor lists for games? I was like, oh yeah, I'm an idiot. There's not been anything anywhere near Kyle Field in forever. I mean, it's 
a month and a month, a month and a half between, uh, between home games, you know, when, since you put, you had the neutral site game and the bye weekend there. Like that's yep. crazy. That's, that's sort of insane. Um, it actually, it also happens to Arkansas next year as well with them being the, the home team in that neutral game. They have yeah. a, long, a long time away. Shocker uh, why but, both ADs want to get rid of that, yeah, yes, that neutral exactly. site game, right? Yeah. Bring it back to campus. If they extend that Ed, again, and I don't think they will, but if they extend <laughs> no. that again at AT&T. Um, but no, it's going to be, uh, uh, that, that should be a good weekend. I mean, uh, Malik Muhammad, the, the Texas mm-hmm. uh, top 50 Texas cornerback commit is supposed to be at AM that weekend on an official. I assume there will be uh, some others, but there, yeah, you're going to, with it being a night game, you're going to have probably all the, all the kids in the state of Texas want to be there. Just like with Miami, you'll probably have uh, quite a few out of state guys come as well. You know, they can, they can fly in after their games and don't have to rush. You know, if they fly into Houston, don't have to rush uh, to Kyle field or college station. So uh, yeah, it's going to be, if, if A&M wins and Ole Miss wins, I mean, it's a, it's a battle of team receiving votes probably and a team in the top 10. Um, Even though Ole Miss is, Ole Miss is in the top 10, they're undefeated. They haven't really looked all that great. The passing offense hasn't been where it's been in the past, but, they sure can run the ball, but it'll be two teams in the top ten playing at night, and so yeah, it, you'll have it'll be it'll be a good environment. I think it'll be another one of those, you know, uh, close to sellout if not sellout, you know, hundred whatever thousand people in the stands that will impress recruits. Probably more so twenty four recruits though, if we're, if we're talking about yeah. at this point in the season, because you know the older guys are taking their official visits. Most of them have already decided, and most are solid. I mean. Uh, the the latest top two four seven came out last week, and in the state of Texas, there was something. There were like thirty five or forty guys in there. Three, a total of three of those from Texas were not committed at this point. Um, so it's just sort of crazy, you know, not just here but all over the country. How many guys have already made decisions? Now A and M is still going after plenty of commits, but but it'll probably be a, a bunch of twenty four and twenty five guys. The the bigger names at that one makes a little makes things a little bit different. But that's 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 really the thought I had too is guys like I even looked at, at guys like, and we're already, you and I have both started to hit the phones already. And it felt good to kind of start checking with, yeah. with kids. You know, we've, we've talked about it before at length, the kids don't really start making their decisions until two or so weeks before a game and on where they're going to go, just because they got a lot of coaches hitting them up, trying to get them to go different places. And so, you know, this is really the first opportunity this week to be able to, hit guys up and, and see who's coming to that, that Ole Miss game and, and the expectations there. Guys like Camarion Franklin, will he be able to make it into town? You know, he's been to A&M twice already, and with Ole Miss in town, it would be a good opportunity for him to see both both teams. So certainly an opportunity there, and and I do think it'll give A&M a bit of a shot in the arm if they can win or play, you know, be able to show off a great environment. It's it's a huge opportunity, and Paynham's looking to to kind of have something to build off of both in the 2023 and 2024 class. You have your opportunity right there. It's you know between between Ole Miss, Florida, and LSU. A&M's got three golden opportunities to make impressions on recruits coming up. And while they've had the chance to go out to a lot of different games around the country the past month or so, it's it's just a huge opportunity. And you know it was a tough week for A&M last week. Another another tough week especially in the 2023 class uh, right after we recorded this last week, uh, Roderick Robinson flips his commitment from UCLA to Georgia. That was a guy AM was after heavily had him on for an official visit. 
had him in town for an official visit for that Miami game. And then over the weekend, Jeremiah Love, another key target, commits to commits to Notre Dame. And, you know, it it's 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 becoming a storyline, especially at the skill position front. Um, where do you think AM kind of pivots from from here to running back? For me, it just makes the recruitment of Ruben Owens uh, yeah. that much more important. But you've also got, you know, another name to at least keep an eye on or, or keep in the back of the mind and 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 where AM could kind of pivot to in terms of running backs. Yeah, Ruben Owens is uh, now even more important. I mean, he's yeah. a guy that even after coming to Louisville, I mean, he's remained in contact with AM the whole time. So that'll be one. But AM, no matter, they've wanted two this whole time. I mean, it was Ruben Owens and Love and or Roger Robinson or any combination of uh, of the three. Uh, I think a guy to watch, uh, Kedrick Riscano. He's a four star from mm-hmm. New Caney, just uh, north of Houston. He's been long time, long time commit to Michigan State, but uh, you know they're, you know Michigan State's having trouble holding on to guys. Um, so you know, I, and I think if A and M showed him interest or or offered, uh, he would give a heavy look. I mean, he's been to College Station a couple of times, been to camp, so yeah. that would be probably the main name uh, to watch if we're talking about new offers going out. Now they'll they'll likely look out of state too and look at you know. They always seem to love guys from uh, the state of Alabama, so got to like yeah. look at or or random running backs from South Florida. So got to sort of look at those. But I think Riscano is a, is a big one to watch, and he's also I mean he's a guy that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's also you know sort of big. He can he can uh, you know take the pounding in the SEC. So uh, yeah, that's he he would seem to be the fit. And I know that he's a guy that A and M has looked at before. They haven't offered at this point, but they've looked at before this yeah. so yeah that's the that's the name to watch no doubt and i thought i thought it was just a good a good point that you brought up right before we started recording about riscano and and a guy that it like you said AM seems to, to just keep tabs on and know exactly kind of they've, they've certainly scouted him quite a bit and know exactly what he brings to the table and um just an intriguing name to watch as names kind of continue to come off the books and and they see guys head elsewhere. Um, I think he's one. Christopher Johnson's another one out of Florida. Um, you know, talking to people there, it it does seem like he's not necessarily like a natural ball carrier, which would kind of be, I think, the one concern folks have with him in terms of he's obviously got tremendous speed, but but that's the one thing I hear is that he's he's not really a natural ball carrier. So um you know from a scouting element could you work with him on that and, and develop him that would probably be a bit more of a development option but I thought Riscano and and my first thought was this makes Ruben Owens that much more important and I don't think any, I don't think anything's dead there with with two months to go we've talked about it before that he remains in contact with with A&M they almost got him on campus for the Miami game um and we'll have three more opportunities to to kind of you know kind of kind of get him back in town closer to signing day, at least still has the official visit left to use on the receiver front. I mean, you know, had a chance to Gabby Arudia um, from our Miami site was out at a uh, Jalen Brown's game last weekend and, and mentioned that he is, he has taken a day by day approach with his recruitment, obviously still committed to, to LSU um, and was in town for an official visit and really liked it. Talks with James Coley, quite often him and him and Hakeem Williams seem like the two guys for me that, um, you know, A&M can continue to push for and stay in the mix in and, and they're going to have to flip guys. It's just a reality. They're either going to have to flip guys or 
they're going to have to be active in the transfer portal after the season. Those are kind of your, your two options. And so I think those are two guys you can continue to plug away on. And, and if you get one of them and you have to go into the portal for, for the second half, you know, Hakeem Williams was just over at Miami recently for a, for a visit again. So uh, don't think that one's out of the, out of the running either yet. I think A&M can still try to push to get him back on campus as well, but are, they, are there any other guys that you're kind of keeping your eye on, Brian, or, or guys that, that A&M could make a run on? Yeah, so uh, Jonah Wilson, who's uh, from yep. Spring to Caney, A&M was actually one of the first uh, schools to offer him last year whenever he had made the move from quarterback to receiver. He's having an impressive senior year, and he started to have second uh, thoughts about his Texas commitment and decommitted a few weeks ago. Now, Houston is the school that will likely get him if, uh, if A&M doesn't – well, and if AM doesn't push, AM's offered, but yeah. if they don't get back in there. But I've been told if AM does get back in there, that the Aggies are in a really good spot and could land him. So, you know, he's sort of a bigger guy. You know, he he's he's built a little bit like Chris Marshall. Now, Chris Marshall is is a freak, you know, athletically. So I don't want to, you know, say he is Chris Marshall, but he's built like that. He's got good speed. So um, you know, and AM seems to like those, you know, six two type receivers. So I could definitely see the Aggies uh you know, moving on him at some point. Like, and, and like you mentioned, they've had the chance to, to really evaluate that, that senior film. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, if they do start pushing the second half of the year, obviously recruiting kind of came to the forefront last week. Uh, you know, the a staff was out and about DJ Durkin was, was over at the Denton Geyer game um, watching Peyton Bowen, which was a nodal development. Um, Steve Adazio and Damian Craig were out at, uh, Westlake and Dripping Springs watching TJ Shanahan and and still watching Austin Novosad. Um, though he's he seems pretty firm in his his pledge to Baylor right now. But you know, it was a chance for the staff to get out and, and do some recruiting, extend some new offers, um, and and kind of kick back up on the recruiting front. So uh, we'll have plenty more on, on that front next week. Um, as we start to head, look ahead, like I said, to a visit weekend. It's been been way too long since we were able to do that and it's yeah. it's kind of a crazy quirk of the scheduling but um we'll certainly be back and, and again we'll be we'll, we'll have a south carolina expert on later in the week to to look ahead to the south carolina game as well um as we kind of close out here be sure to hit that subscribe button on youtube to get a notification every time a new video drops and follow us on spotify and itunes as well and and be sure to give us a five-star review on there as well. Otherwise, Brian, we'll we'll be back next week again to to kind of recap that South Carolina game and um and get back going here. So um until then everyone, we'll we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>